Episode 20, Fighting Invisible Foes. The more I've reflected this week on the foreign and domestic enemies we're battling with, the more I understand why it feels vague, daunting, and sometimes almost impossible to define these enemies or even to combat them. How did this truth manifest itself in the news this week? Keep listening. Welcome to Peace Matters, a show that uncovers peace in our communities, our countries, and deep within our souls. I'm your host, Maya Mathias, founder of Inventive Links, a leadership development company that cultivates enlightened executives, creative citizens, and wise writers for a more peaceful planet. Join me as I share three things in the show. One, stories or trends that impact our capacity for peace in the world. Two, insights and tools to help you cultivate more inner peace. And three, updates on the peace-building work I do, plus answers to your questions about creating a more peaceful existence for yourself and others. Be sure to head over to inventivelinks.com to sign up for our Peace Matters newsletter, where I share bonus resources to build more peace in your world. And now, on with the show. Part 1, As the World Turns, Stories or Trends that Impact Our Capacity for Peace in the World. As America continues to walk a constitutional tightrope this week, it's continuing to have to make hard choices, especially in Congress right now, between defending the country against a proven foreign enemy in the form of Russia meddling and interfering in the electoral process, and also defending the country against a very highly likely domestic threat of an executive branch and a president that is obstructing justice. What are we to do in this very muddling and confusing situation? My current sense is that Many American citizens are either numb and overwhelmed by the five-alarm fire that's been raised around Russian interference ever since the 2016 election results were announced, or other citizens are finding it way too abstract a threat because they feel and believe that that meddling hasn't really interfered with the way they voted in their president. And also it's abstract because it's happening in many invisible ways. You see, an army bearing down on physical territory is a lot easier to wrap our heads around. A cyber attack, people hacking into voter rolls, All that stuff is much less easy to comprehend or to even perceive as a threat. And that's not to even mention our possibly subconscious, but growing awareness that perpetrators of, say, a hate crime in a California synagogue or perpetrators of a highly orchestrated terrorist attack in Sri Lanka These people are often our next door neighbors. And that 
is very unsettling because we don't really know where the threats are and we can't pinpoint them until they have harmed us or committed acts of violence against us in some way. The other way of looking at this is to realize that it can be easy for some leaders to tell us that progress is being made or say that a particular investigation witness's testimony can be contradicted because, say, a sitting president says, you know, it's their word against mine. Because so many of these investigations, so many of these things that are being done in the name of preserving our security, there's no real way to know for sure because they're all happening under a cloud of secrecy. And we're being told to believe and have faith that progress is being made, that we are being kept safe. And we are okay believing that until a new attack on our physical safety or on our national sovereignty makes us doubt if progress is truly being made. Part 2, Ohm is Where the Heart Is, Insights and Tools to Help You Cultivate More Inner Peace. Now, based on what I shared in the last segment, there are absolutely practical and legislative and political debates to be had about how to better defend ourselves against these increasingly invisible enemies. These are debates that I write about and podcast about in my Peace Matters work. But for now, at least, and in this episode, there is another dimension to this peace-shattering struggle that we're dealing with that we don't highlight or lean into nearly enough. I'm going to illustrate this by borrowing words from someone that was on the news this past weekend. The most indelible image for me from this past week in the news has been watching Rabbi Israel Goldstein address the news media here in America 24 hours after a 19-year-old gunman entered his synagogue in Poway, California, armed with enough bullets to take out his entire congregation who had been gathered to mark the last day of Passover, a very sacred time for the Jewish community. And he had been in surgery because he was one of the victims in that shooting, which thankfully only took out, only had one life lost and three or four other injuries. It could have been much, much worse. And as one of the victims, both his arm, both his hands had been shot at. And so he stood there in front of the media with both hands bandaged from his gunshot wounds. And his words are what I most want to offer you in this episode as we continue to struggle with how to deal with such invisible yet looming and threatening enemies. Here's what he said. 
How does a 19-year-old have the audacity, the sickness, the hatred to publicize such anti-Semitism in his manifesto? How does he come here to our house of worship and do what he did? Perhaps we need to go back a little earlier and think about what we are teaching our children. What are we educating our children? We need to perhaps think about reintroducing in our public school system a moment of silence where children can start the day pausing and thinking. Why am I created? Why am I here? And what am I going to do? It could have been a much worse massacre. We need to battle darkness with light. No matter how dark the world is, we need to think of a little bit of light pushing away a lot of darkness. A lot of light will push away a lot more. We all need to teach everyone. We need to do random acts of kindness. We need to tilt the scale. There is so much darkness now in the world, but you and I have the ability to change. Part 3, News and Views, updates on our peace-building work, plus answers to your questions about creating a more peaceful existence for yourself and others. I like and support Rabbi Goldstein's suggestion to introduce a moment of silence back into our public school system. It has been tricky through the years because there is this notion of wanting to separate church and state here in America so that everyone can practice their religious freedom and worship the God of their choosing. But something like a moment of silence, like he suggested, cuts across all of that. No matter what faith you what faith you have or who and what you turn to in your moments of struggle, a moment of silence is something we can all relate to and practice in various ways. So in that light, I do want to remind you that this is the core of a lot of what I do. I help people reconnect with that still silent part of themselves. And specifically, through the years, I have helped a lot of people answer that very question for themselves. Why am I created? Why am I here? And what am I going to do? For a long time, the answer to those questions was pretty straightforward. It's what your society, what your family, what your cultural expectations said you needed to do. But we're living in a time right now where those foundational assumptions are being upended or questioned in many ways. And I suspect if you're listening to me, you've been questioning those foundations too and those assumptions. And you are digging a little deeper for yourself to answer for yourself why you're here and what are you here to do. And as the world around us grows a little darker, some of us, some of you, may be feeling the call and the pull to answer these deeper questions for yourself and to then take those answers and express them in doing more good and bringing more light 
into your work, into your communities, and into helping lighten up the darkness in this world. So if you are feeling that pull and if you're feeling that call, I invite you to join my next online workshop. Each workshop, I have a few workshops that I do. Each one has tools and resources to get you one step closer to these answers. In particular, though, the create a meaningful life in uncertain times or in an uncertain world is specifically designed to help you answer this question. So for more information on upcoming workshop dates and times, go to inventivelinks.com slash events for more information. Again, that's inventivelinks.com slash events. Okay, I'm going to leave it there for now and remind you to join my newsletter list. If you're not already on the list, go to inventivelinks.com, click the learn more button right there on the homepage, and there'll be more information there about what you'll get to receive when you're on my newsletter list. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Peace Matters podcast. I will catch you next time. Take care. You've been listening to Peace Matters with me, Maya Mathias. This podcast is proudly powered by Inventive Links, a leadership development company that cultivates enlightened executives, creative citizens, and wise writers for a more peaceful planet. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting it by going to inventivelinks.com support. Want to take your podcast experience to the next level? Sign up for my next online workshop and start building a stronger path to peace inside and out. Go to inventivelinks.com events for more information. Sign up for a workshop, then show up with your best questions on the stories and insights we feature and with a sincere desire to lead a more peaceful existence. Till next time, let's make peace matter more each day. Bye for now.